So yesterday's daf was daf mem. Today is daf mem aleph today. And um, we'll do a review of yesterday's daf first and then get to today's. Yesterday, um, we, uh, I guess we'll start from, um, from the top of the page, v'imechlala. Okay? On daf mem amad aleph on the top. So we talked about how the question was, uh, wh- wh- who, who's the halacha follow? So um, is halacha? Um, so he said that uh, that basically. All right, we got another guest. Baruch Hashem, it's good. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, the question we're just starting right now. The question the Gemara was talking about. Um, who do we paskin like? Um, okay, so we saw that uh, Rabbi Barbachana said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, the Allah follows Rabbi Yehuda, okay, um, in that issue, okay, and the discussion was, um, um, what you're allowed to you know, wash yourself with, so we have uh, Rameyer Shita, um, we have Reb Shimon's Shita and we have Reb Yudha Shita that uh, Bechamin is mutter is is Asr, but Bitsonin is mutter. That you're not allowed to wash with hot water, but you are allowed with cold water. That was Reb Yudha Shita. So what Reb Yosef asks is: Is that explicit, or is that did you derive that? That was the question. So it could have been derived derived from the fact that the rule usually follows the Divrei Amachria, which means the middle opinion. So the question the Gemara wants to know, so the question was, is that if it's derived from an inference, so what? So the Gemara explains is that uh, maybe that's only in the Mishnah, not in the Brisa. Maybe Brisa's, we don't follow the Machriya, the middle opinion. So the Gemara says, don't, no, I actually heard it directly from him, and that's the story. Okay, so that, I actually, I believe we were up to this Itma. So, but at least it gets us in the topic. So, the, we quoted a machlokes about hot water that was heated from prior to from prior to uh, Shabbos. So you have hot water; it was prepared, warmed up from before Shabbos. So Rav says the following day you maintain the seat, you can wash your entire body as long as you do so limb by limb. As long as it's limb by limb, it's okay. Shmuel says that no, you're not only allowed to do. If it's, even though it's, you're not heating up any water, but you're not allowed to bathe with hot water on, on Shabbos, only panov yadav raglav, only your face, your hands, and your feet. So the question is, is that uh, we quoted a source. It says that if hot water was heated from Erev Shabbos the next day, you can wash your, hand, your face, hands, and feet, but not your entire body. Isn't that right away basically a disproof to Rav? That's the Gemara's question. So Rav tells you, the answer is no. What Rav was saying was, is that when we, what it's saying is that you can't do the entire body all together in one shot, like take a bath. But if you're doing limb by limb, then it's okay. I but it says, pun of Yad of Raglam, which means, sounds like only the face, hands, and feet. So it says, no, it means like you wash your hands, face, and feet, which is separately. You wash your face separately, your hands separately, your feet separately. So that's what we're talking about, doing the entire body, as long as you're doing it only limb by limb. So that's the position of Rav.
So we brought a raya. It says that they did not permit washing with hot water that was heated from Erev Shabbos, only the hands, face, and feet. That's it. So doesn't that sound like a raya to Shmuel again? So the Gemara says, no, maybe it means when it's like the hands, face, and feet, meaning one at, one at a time. Brought a brysa that actually is very explicit like Shmuel. It says that if hot water was heated from Erev Shabbos, the next day you can wash hands, face, and feet, and not the entire body, even limb by limb, which is explicitly not like Rav's position. And of course, if it was heated up on Yom Tif, that's all the more so you would not be allowed to wash the entire body, uh, even limb by limb, it sounds like. And Rabba says this is, uh, so Rabba said over Rav, uh, Rav's opinion in a little bit different version. In Rabba's version, it was slightly different. And he said basically that Rav actually allowed was even more so. It says that if you heated up the water from before Shabbos, on Shabbos day, you can uh, wash, Rav holds that you can wash your entire body as long as you leave one limb out. So you stick your foot out and you can take a shower with everything and wash yourself or bathe yourself as long as you left one limb out. Problem is, is that all the questions that we ask from the Brysos actually are good disproofs to Rav because um, apparently they would, I mean, there's no way to wiggle out of it like he did because it did not say that you could wash the whole body except for one limb. It says you could do hands, face, and feet. That's all it says. So there's, in the previous version of Rav, you could read it in. But in this version, you cannot. So it's a disproof to Rav, at least to that version. Now, Rav Yosef said to Abaye, um, who, who, was a, who lived in Rabba's house, he was his Talmud, he was like raised by Rabba. So he said, did he follow Rav's opinion in his version or not? So, so he's like, I don't understand the question. Obviously he didn't, because look at all, the, we have disproofs, straight up disproofs to, to what Rob said. So um, the answer is, um, uh, so that, that, I mean, so the Gemara says, yeah, but maybe he never heard the disproofs. So he says, and if he didn't hear the disproofs, then he obviously did follow Rob, because Abaye says, I mean, we're not even understanding the question. Abayi said that oh, Rabbah always followed Rav, except for three areas where he followed Shmuel. And we mentioned those previously. We had them not that long ago. That you can take tzitzis from one garment to another. You can light from candle to candle by Hanukkah. And Allah follows Rib Shimon with regards to dragging, that it's the Dabr Shana Muscav his mutter. And that's where he was making like, like Shmuel. But, uh, so the Gemara says, that's true. In the stringencies of Rav, he always followed Rav's stringencies over Shmuel's leniencies. But the leniencies of Rav, that's not true that he always followed Rav's leniencies over Shmuel's stringencies. That's not necessarily the case. And that's why we're not, we're not sure, did Rav actually follow Rav's position here, which was actually a leniency? So that's the question. And we did not, um, we don't know exactly what Rav himself did. But the bottom line is what we seem what seems to be is that Shmuel's opinion is carrying the weight here because that's the he has the Mishnaic sources that prove, that support it. Okay, next thing we talked about is a bath that was it, its holes were stopped up. So Rashi explains what that means is to keep its heating. So it was you know like instead of normally you let the heat dissipate, they had like these um, so it shouldn't get too suffocating, but uh, they. Well, I'm sorry. Can you hear? 
Okay, good. Let me just put, I'm putting the mute on if it's okay with you. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyway, so um, the question is, uh, um, they had this bathhouse. They stopped it up so that the heat stays in from Erev Shabbos. So on Matzah Shabbos, after Shabbos is over, it was still uh, able to maintain its heat. You can wash yourself right away. If you did the same thing from before Yom Tif, the following day on Yom Tif, you're allowed to go into the bathhouse to Schwitz, you get the steam. Then you go out and you would wash yourself in the outer room where they used to wash with cold water. So you go into the Schwitz, the bathhouse was like a Schwitz, and then you can walk outside. This is Anyantif, mind you. Then you go out in the shower in the, where they would run cold water on the body, wash, you know, wash the body with cold water. Rav Yudha says that story is in the bathhouse in Bnei Brak. The story goes, is in the bathhouse of Bnei Brak where they stopped up the holes on Erev Yom Tif. The next day, they, Rabbi Lezer, Ben Azariah, and Rabbi Kiva went in, and they used it as a schwitz. They went out, and they washed themselves in the outer room. But uh, the only thing was, is that, the, is that the hot water was covered with boards, so that nobody would go into the bath on Yom Tif. In other words, they like covered the mikvah, so nobody would be using that part, you know, the bathing part. Um, when the case came before the Chachamim, they said, you don't, you don't even need that. Since you're only going to the Schwitz, you don't have to keep it, you don't need that extra measure of having the boards covering the water so that you won't go into the bath part. But what happened was, is that time came, and, and there were people who were being very lenient on this. So there were more over Avera, sinners, and these sinners were... Um, they they said you know they were they were not being as careful, so they basically had to become a little more strict on that. So they said they said it's you're not allowed to go in and take a schwitz anymore. That's it, no more schwitzing. Um, the, then the the bathhouses of the big cities, which were much larger, and since they were larger, they weren't really as hot because it was a larger room, so you weren't getting as sweaty, so it wasn't the same level. So then you could go in, and that's not a concern. Now, who are these Alfred Avera? So Rav Shem Ben Pazi says, in the name of Shem Levi, in the name of Barakapara, that they used to actually bathe in hot water that was heated from Erev Shabbos. So what happened? The bath attendants were, um, they, didn't, they weren't really makbut on Allah, they wanted more business. So they started heating up the water on Shabbos too. And they said, oh, this is not from Shabbos, it's from Erev Shabbos. So they said, okay, we can't, do, we can't let you use hot water at all. But Schwitz, you're not actually in the hot water, then we'll let. And they still were bathing in hot water, saying, oh, we weren't really in the bath, we were only in the Schwitz. We were only you know, taking in the steam. So they answered the steam as well. But they said, but Chametveria, which is naturally occurring, so that they did allow. And then they still went and they, and they said they were going ahead and bathing in regular hot water. And they said, no, 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 it wasn't hot water. It was really Chalmei Tveria. So people were lying. So they said, you know what? Even Chalmei Tveria is not allowed. But they said, cold water is still allowed. You could wash yourself in cold water. And they saw that uh, it was too harsh. 
So they said, you know, we can't, people were not, not, you know, like it was too hard for the people to manage. So they matured Hamitveria. But the Isser of Zeya, they remained with the Isser and they said, you can't take a Schwitz anymore. The Schwitzing was Asr, finished. Hamitveria remained allowed, but not more than that. Okay, now Rava says, uh, what you t- see from this, an interesting Yisod, that somebody who's over on a mitzvah de Rabbanon, you can call him already an Avarian. He's an Avera person, he did an Avera. Um, and we see that from here because we said ki rabu right yaitana. This Tana said these were misha rabu over aver. What they over? They weren't over their rices. They're over their bonnets. But uh, nevertheless, they called them over aver, even though they were only over midar bonnet. Okay. Um, so they asked this to Zaya, um, and it was only because they were the, the, the all they were using were heated. Um, they were bathing in hot water that was heated from the previous day and saying that they only schwitzing. That's only an Aver Midrabanan, and they were still called Avaryanim. So that's the idea. Okay. Brings us to the next thing. We said that these bathhouses of the Krachim, the big, the larger bathhouses, so again, like I said, explained before, it's not as steamy, so, so you, could, you, you could walk through them and there's no concern. Uh, even though you're getting the benefit or the pleasure of the steaming. Rava says that's only the large city ones, but the small village ones, since it's much smaller space, that would be prohibited because it's, since it's small, it's a lot of hevel, a lot of steam, and that's problematic. Next we talked about is, uh, we brought down that a person can warm himself up next to uh, a, a, a bonfire to warm up, then he can walk out after his body is really hot, and then he goes and washes himself with cold water, and that's fine. As long as he doesn't first wash himself with cold water, and then warm up with the water on him next to the hot bonfire, next to the hot fire, because that's actually heating up the water that's on him, and that's problematic. Okay, brings us to the next thing. We said a person is allowed to heat up a, an aluntis. So it, Rashi says that what that is, it's like a garment that, uh, it's like a towel, and um, uh, that's uh, hot, you know, we put it next to, you know, next to a hot thing, whatever, and the towel gets very hot, and then you put it on your stomach, um, you know, it eases the pain of stomach, uh, stomach aches. Okay, I'm sure some people after uh, long Pesach could use one of these towels, okay, but anyway, on their stomach. So if you have stomach problems, okay. As long as you, they don't put an actual um, tea kettle of hot water and put that on the stomach on Shabbos, and that is actually not only prohibited on Shabbos, because uh, it's also prohibited during the week, because that's actually dangerous. You know, it could get too hot, and you could burn yourself, even though it may, you know, whatever, if you're not careful. So therefore, that's something too dangerous. Next, I don't know if you remember the, I'm sure... There are people in the group that remember better than me, but I still remember my grandmother had that, that uh, it looked like a rubbery thing that used to fill up with hot water, and you know, they put it on the stomach, whatever. Uh, so that's very similar, similar. I don't know what the English name is for it, but anyway, that's what I'm talking about. That's a similar type of uh, refua. A hot water bottle, right? It was a rubbery, red rubbery thing. They filled it with hot water, Put the stopper in and uh, felt re- very good. Okay, anyway, so that's the that's the thing. Okay, so this is the this is the 
Oh, it's meant. That's what we're talking about. Hot water bottle. Okay. Um, I thought it had a more specialized name. I guess not. Okay. Anyway, so um, that's the story. Next thing we talked about a um, we brought down that a person can bring a uh, container of water, put it in, put it near the fire, not enough that it should actually get hot, but just to break the cool the cold of the of the liquid. So just to like sort of take uh, take away some of the bite of the cold, you know, like it's very common to do something similar to this with the baby's bottle, so things like that. So that's what we're talking about. Rav Yudha says that a woman can bring a little container of oil and place it near, near the fire. Not that it should actually cook the oil, but just to warm the oil because they would use that oil to rubbing, or, you know, to rub on the baby, whatever. Rab Shimon Ben Gamliel says that a woman can actually put the oil on her hands, warm her hands near the fire, and then she could go rub the kid uh, with the oil that's warmed with her warmed up hands. And that's not a concern. So the question is, so we saw three statements here. So the question is, what does the Tanakama hold regarding oil? He only talked about water. What about oil? So um, Rab and Rav Yosef both say that, that, it's, that, that the Tanakam is not there to oil. He's talking about water, uh, but, but oil, he says, is permissible. We'll see what the issue is. What the Machlokah says, Rav Nachman Yitzchak says that it's Osir. So according to Rab and Rav Yosef, they both say it's Latera. So basically the idea is like this. When it comes to oil, even though it gets hot, so hot that your hand can scold on it, it's still mutter, and the reason why is because uh, the Tanakama holds that oil is not really subject to cooking. Okay, it doesn't change its its nature by uh, when it's hotter. It's still uh, it's still not really uh, still the same oil, and therefore hot oil is the same thing as cold oil, as opposed to hot water is considered cooked. So it actually is a bishul issue by water, and that's why you can't actually be mechamim to real hot the water, but oil is not the big deal because it's not really cooking, it's not really subject to cooking. As opposed to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that, uh, that oil does have a bishel, um, but, making it, uh, but making it lukewarm, that's not really bishel. Bishel means that you've got to get really hot. So therefore, that's the middle, that's Rabbi Yehuda Shita. And Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel says is that Shemen is bishel, and not only that, but it's more strict because the making it lukewarm is the bishop. And therefore, you only mounted it in a kalachar yad way where you put the oil on, the woman puts the oil on her hands, warms her hands on the, on the, near the fire, and then it's obviously not too hot, and then basically, but since it's done in an abnormal way, that's what they made, they were making on that, and then she could rub her hands with her warm hands that are with oil on the baby. Um, so that's the, uh, that's this opinion of, that's Rabba and Rav Yosef's version. Three way machlokas. What about Rav Nachmar Yitzchok? He says that it's is, uh, Osir. That oil, even though it's not yet so that this even though it's not that hot, it's Osir because he says Shemen has, oil has Bishel and, ha, and, and when it comes to lukewarm, that's its Bishel. Bringing it from cold room temperature to to like uh, lukewarm, that's already cold cooking oil, uh, that and therefore it's much stricter. And Rav Yehuda says no, that's not true. When it gets to lukewarm, that's not really cooking oil. And uh, Rav Shem Gamliel says 
that there is Bishel, and the Hefshir is Bishel. The problem is, is that Rav Shem Gamliel and Tanakam are on the same page. What are the, what's the Machlokas? The Machlokas is, says Rav Yudan I'm sorry, the Machlokas is, is, uh, is whether Kalach Yad is allowed. According to Tanakam, even though you're doing it Kalach Yad, it's still not allowed. But Rav Shem Gamliel says, if you put it on your hands, the lady puts it on her hands, and then puts her hands on near the fire, that would be permissible. Oh, so now we have to define... Okay, um, no, so Rabbi Yudha said the name of Shmuel, that both oil and water, there is a shear, this is Shmuel Shita, and this is the Psaq Allah happens to be, that there is a measure of cooking, but the cooking is Yad Soled Dispo, where it becomes so hot that your hand gets scald, meaning that you have to pull your hand away from it. That's what Soled means, that you draw your hand back due to its heat. So that's the shear, both for oil and for water, that it's called cooking, okay? Um, now, what is the shear of Yad Tzaledispo, practically? Because every, not everybody has the same sensitivity, so that's the question. So Rachba says that if the stomach of a young child, of a baby, would get burnt from it, that's because they're very sensitive, the stomachs are very sensitive, that's called scalding hot. Um, so it's actually not that high a temperature, actually, because babies will are very sensitive. If it's a little, you know, a little on the hot side, that could be Yad Soled Dispo. Next, we saw Ravitzel Parabdimi says, I once followed Rebbe to a bathhouse, and I wanted to put some, oil, some oil in the bath to, like, sort of, you know, warm up the oil. And he said, take it in a klisheni. Don't take the hot water, but put it in a klisheni. And then put it. So I learned from him, from this story, three things. What are three things? First of all, oil has bishel. Number two, klisheni doesn't mevashel. And number three, uh, even to get it to lukewarm, that's already called bishel. So how could he do that? I, Rabbi Barbachana said the name of Yochanan, that you're not allowed to, how could they talk in learning? And you're not allowed to think in learning in a base Americans. And a, ba- and, a bath- and a bathroom and a bathhouse either. So the, if you tell me that he said it not in Hebrew, but uh, Bai explains that it doesn't make a difference what language you're speaking. It goes by what you're saying. But if you say Dvarm Shalchol in Lashon Kodesh, that is allowed. If you say Dvarm Shal Kodesh in a Lashon Chol, that's still prohibited. Um, so the Gemara answers, you're right, but uh, there's an exception. And the exception is to separate somebody from prohibition, there's an allowance. And that we can prove that from the story of Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Shmuel, Story goes that there was a student of a mayor, followed him in a bathhouse, and he wanted to um, uh, basically wash the floor, la diach karka, okay? And he says, you can't do that. So he says, okay, let me just like put, uh, put uh, oil down. So he says, no, you can't do that either. So why did he, was he allowed to tell him that? Because he was being him from Isurim. So that's, that's the idea. So you see that, when, that even though in a bathhouse, you're allowed to say the Torah if it's relevant to what, you know, to separate somebody from prohibition. Okay. Um, okay, next we saw Rav, Ravina says that uh, when you're cooking in Chamit Verya, in Shabbos, you are chayiv. Because what was the case, right? We're talking about Rebbe. Rebbe, of course, was from Tiberia. That was his hometown. And... Um, and he was bathing, obviously, in Chamei which we said before is still allowed, even, um, 
on Shabbos, and he says, but what you needed to do is to take the hot water of the Tveria and put the oil in a klisheni, not directly. So, so, uh, and, and so what do you see? That when you cook in Chamei Tveria on Shabbos, you're chayev, because the Maisa of Rabbi was after the Gzeira, and he said, take it in a klisheni. Um, so, um, I didn't Rav to say that when you're cooking in Chamei Tveria on Shabbos, it's potter. So the Gemara says, you're right. He didn't mean chayev, mamish chayev. He said he would be chayev, not mina Torah, but ma'amakas mardus, midrabonon. So that's the chayev, the rabbinic. Uh, Reb says, I actually saw Reb who was, went in, the, in a bath, and he was, seemed to have been swimming in a bath. And I didn't know if he lifted his feet or if he was just walking. So the Gemara says, isn't it obvious that he was just walking? That he, and he not, did not lift his feet because the Brisa says you're not allowed to swim in a, in a brecha that's filled with water, um, even, if it's in, even if it's completely enclosed. Uh, so um, we're not talking about carrying, so it's still prohibited. So what's the deal? So the my answer is, is that yes, that's true, but that doesn't prove anything because it could be that there's a difference whether there's a rim around it, like a pool, or it doesn't have a rim and it's more similar to a river and therefore maybe they make a gzera and that's what the issue is. And that's the story. So we'll, uh, anyway, that's the end of yesterday's daf. Um, it's very relevant, but as far as swimming, if you want to know what the bottom line is, you're going to have to ask uh, your local Orthodox rabbi. I'm not going to give out psakim over here, especially not lenient ones. But uh, anyway, so we'll stop with this and I'll just get the...